please turn in your copies of God's Word to the book of Ecclesiastes. Ecclesiastes chapter 9. We will finish this chapter with the last two verses, verse 17 and 18. I'm going to read the whole chapter and then we will consider those last two verses there. This is the immutable word of God. But all this I laid to heart, examining it all, how the righteous and the wise and their deeds are in the hand of God. Whether it is love or hate, man does not know. Both are before him. It is the same for all, since the same event happens to the righteous and the wicked, to the good and the evil, to the clean and the unclean, to him who sacrifices and him who does not sacrifice. As the good one is, so is the sinner. And as he who swears is, sorry, as, as the good one is, so is the sinner. And he who swears is as he who shuns an oath. This is an evil in all that is done under the sun, that the same event happens to all. Also, the hearts of the children of man are full of evil, and madness is in their hearts while they live, and after that they go to the dead. But he who is joined with all the living has hope, for a living dog is better than a dead lion. For the living know that they will die, but the death the dead know nothing and they have no more reward for the memory of them is forgotten their love and their hate and their envy have all, have already perished and forever they have no more share in all that is done under the sun go eat your bread with joy and drink your wine with a merry heart for god has already approved what you do let your garments be always white let not oil be lacking on your head. Enjoy life with the wife whom you love all the days of your vain life that he has given you under the sun because that is your portion in life and in your toil at which you toil under the sun. Whatever your hand finds to do, do it with your might for there is no work or thought or knowledge or wisdom in Sheol to which you are going. Again, I saw that under the sun, the race is not to the swift, nor the battle to the strong, nor bread to the wise, nor riches to the intelligent, nor favor to those with knowledge, but time and chance happen to them all. For man does not know his time. Like fish that are taken in an evil net, and like birds that are caught in a snare, so the children of man are snared at an evil time when it suddenly falls upon them. I have also seen this example of wisdom under the sun and it seemed, it, 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 it seemed great to me. There was a little city with few men in it and a great king came against it and besieged it, building great siege works against it. But there was found in it a poor wise man and he by his wisdom delivered the city. Yet no one remembered that poor man. But I say that wisdom is better than might. Though the poor man's wisdom is despised and his words are not heard, the words of the wise heard in quiet are better than the shouting of a ruler among fools. Wisdom is better than weapons of war, but one sinner destroys much good. 
I'm going to pray and then we will consider verses 17 and 18. Our Heavenly Father, we come to you this afternoon. We thank you that we have the privilege of sitting under the counsel of your word to hear it exposited. Grant that we would not be tickled in our itching ears, but that we would be given the very word of God. Grant understanding according to your word as we listen to it. Um, deliver us, O oh Lord, according to your word. For the sake of your name, teach us your statutes. Grant that our tongues, our mouths will sing of your word because all your commandments are right. Grant that we would, we would hear your precepts. We would long for your salvation as we, as we delight in your law. Let our souls live. Let us live to praise you and grant that your rules and your precepts would help us. Where we have gone astray, where we, have, we, are, we are lost, where we are like a lost sheep, we ask that you may seek us with your word and grant that we would not forget your commandments. Oh Lord, we, we come. We come with much expectation. Help me as I communicate to be simple, clear, direct, um, and helpful to your people. Grant uh, faithful preaching and faithful hearing of your word this afternoon. Bless us all as we hear your voice. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. So we have verse 17 and 18 there, which read, The words of the wise had in quiet are better than the shouting of a ruler among fools. Wisdom is better than weapons of war, but one sinner destroys much good. In the last two sermons, we've been able to see at least two things. That we are to look to Christ because life is unpredictable. We are, we've been told there that the race is not to the swift, the battle is not to the strong, the bread is not to the wise, riches are not to the intelligent, favor is not to those with knowledge, but providence, God in his works of providence, preserves and governs all his creatures and all their actions. God in his sovereignty ensures different uh, providences upon our lives so life is unpredictable and so the safest place to be is in the Lord Jesus Christ then from verse 13 to 16 that we considered last week we were able to see that um, life is unfair sometimes we may be wise and our wisdom may not be recognized and because of that we are to constantly cry out to God Jesus keep me near the cross keep me here near you where I am sure of the outcome where I'm sure that you would be merciful that you will give me that which I don't deserve even though I miss or I may miss that which I may think that I deserve now today 
I like I like for you to 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 think with me that wisdom is better than might. That's the title of my sermon. Wisdom is better than might. As we are on the verge of listening to this sermon, I'd like to request you to think for a moment. Just just take a moment and think. If you were the mightiest human in the whole world, what what then? What would it benefit you? If you were on top of every other human being, how do you think life would be? The preacher is going to tell us this afternoon that wisdom is better than might. We are tempted to look at mighty people and envy them. And we show how we were mighty like them. And this afternoon the preacher is telling us that wisdom is better than might. And not just the day-to-day wisdom in the practical aspects of our daily lives. But ultimately the wisdom that makes us know God and be known by Him. Wisdom is ultimately better. It's way, way, way better than being mighty. In other words, you would rather be a wise person your entire life than be mighty. And doesn't that go against our own desires? I mean, we would desire to be mighty, desire to be known, we, de- we desire to leave a mark. But the preacher is telling us this afternoon, or he's going to tell us, that the best, better thing for you, the, the, the best thing for you, is not might, is wisdom. I'd like for you to see two things from those two verses. Number one, that wisdom is better than the shouting of a ruler. Wisdom is better than the shouting of a ruler. Verse 17. Then number two, wisdom is better than weapons of war. Wisdom is better than weapons of war. From verse 18. So let's, let's consider this one after the other. Number one, wisdom is better than the shouting of a ruler. Look with me at verse 17. We're told that the words of the wise hard in quiet are better than the shouting of a ruler among fools. Now, the preacher is telling us here that wisdom is usually portrayed in quiet. Just observe in your own life and in the lives of others that it is when there is gentleness, it is when there is calmness and quiet that wisdom is portrayed. Usually, battles are not overcome by noise. Strife is not overcome by shouting and noise. The preacher says there that the words of the wise hard in quiet 
are better than the shouting of a ruler among fools. Sometimes rulers and people who are in authority fall prey to this aspect of shouting and wanting to have their way by raising their voices. The preacher is here saying, saying that that is not the way. Wisdom is better than shouting. And, and this wisdom or the words of the wise are hard in quiet and they are better. Now, the, loud, the, the louder you are, the more, the more prone you are to, to being foolish. Do not seek to get attention by being loud. And, and, and what, the, what does James tell us to do or to be? James tells us that we are to be slow to speak. And this would in turn bring a wise countenance, which would eventually produce wise words. Now, take for example the illustration given us above there in the context. The poor wise man must have won the battle. He must have delivered the city by his words which, which, which were hard and quiet. As opposed to the shouting of the king who would be building great siege works and shouting among his fools who only follow him because he seems to be great. Now, even though people forget the poor wise man, even though his wisdom is despised and his words are not heard, the preacher maintains, he maintains that wisdom, the wisdom of the poor man is better than might. In this case, wisdom is better than the shouting of a ruler. Now, even though being loud, you know, being a loud ruler, one may have popularity, real, solid, good is accomplished by the words of the wise which are hard in quiet. That's what the poor man does. This poor man is the poor wise man. We read in Proverbs chapter 29 verse 9 that if a wise man has an argument with a fool, the fool only rages and laughs and there is no quiet. Notice the words, those words there. The fool only rages and laughs and there is no quiet. The words of the wise, the preacher tells us, are to be heard in quiet and they are better. Wisdom is clearly seen when it is expressed in quiet, without force or loudness. Have you ever wondered why Jesus never announced himself? Why he constantly asked the people that he healed not to tell people what he did? Um, now, it's, it's majorly because he... The Bible tells us that his time was not yet. And he himself would say that. But it is also because of what the preacher tells us here. That the words of the wise hard and quiet are better. He did not need to shout to the rooftops that he is the Messiah for people to come to him. In Matthew chapter 12, we have Jesus telling the Pharisees that he is the Lord of the Sabbath. And they're not very happy with him because he is healing on the Sabbath, which for them was wrong. Now Jesus tells them in unmistakable words that it is lawful to do good on the Sabbath. This is Matthew chapter 12, verse 12. In verse, verses 15 to 19 of Matthew chapter 12, this is what we read. Jesus, aware of this, aware that the Pharisees conspired against him how to destroy him, withdrew from there 
and many followed him and he healed them all and ordered them not to make him known and then and then john john tells us that this was to fulfill sorry not john but matthew matthew tells us that this was to fulfill what was spoken by the prophet isaiah behold my servant whom i have chosen my beloved with whom my soul is well pleased i will put my spirit upon him and he will proclaim justice to the gentiles he will not quarrel or cry aloud nor will anyone hear his voice in the streets our lord himself demonstrates that the words of the wise heard in quiet are better our lord is gentle and meek and lowly and quiet and we see this throughout his his life you see when women um married women are exhorted by peter in first peter chapter 3 to adorn themselves with the imperishable beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit it is required of them first of all because this is how our lord looked like he was meek he was gentle he was quiet and and all christians are called to be christ like or all, all all christians are, are are to display wisdom in quiet to look like our lord not to rage and laugh and 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 have no quiet like the fool we see that wisdom is better than might um because number one here we are told that wisdom is better than the shouting of a ruler it doesn't matter how much might the ruler has it doesn't matter how much loud the ruler gets wisdom is better than that might that he has however much he may shout however loud he may get now how do you demonstrate wisdom if you're to apply this to your own life are you, are you more like our lord who is gentle and meek lowly and quiet even though he is wisdom incarnate number 2 we see that wisdom is better than might because wisdom is better than weapons of war look with me at verse 18 there we're told that wisdom is better than weapons of war but one sinner destroys much good so so there is this great king who comes against this little city with his army his battalion of soldiers and they are building this great siege works as we are told there so that they may take over the city one would be right to assume that they have these weapons of war that are unstoppable i mean if they are building this great siege works they want to take over the city they must have great weapons of war and then the preacher tells us there that one poor wise man does much good to the little city by delivering it through wisdom and hence the preacher tells us there in verse 18 wisdom is better than weapons of war it doesn't matter how much weapons of war this great king had when he was coming to take over this city the poor wise man just by wisdom um delivers the, the 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 city the little city with few people now in verse 16 we already heard that wisdom is better than might in chapter 7 verse 19 we saw that wisdom gives strength to the wise man 
more than 10 rulers who are in a city. In Proverbs chapter 21 verse 22, we read that a wise man scales the city of the mighty and brings down the stronghold in which they trust. Those who think themselves to be mighty trust in their might. And then the, the word of God tells us that the wise man scales their city, however much m- mighty they are. And so then in, in Psalm chapter 20 verse 7, we read that some trust in chariots and some in horses. They, they trust in, in their might, in that which they have. But we trust in the name of the Lord our God. Because that is where wisdom is. Because God is wisdom himself. Now in Proverbs 25 verse, verses 5 to 6, we read that a wise man is full of strength. And a man of knowledge enhances his might. For by wise guidance you can wage your war. And in abundance of counselors there is victory. And, and time and time again when you read the Proverbs. You, you, you hear the encouragement to look for wisdom. To be wise. Because wisdom is better than might. In Proverbs chapter 14 verse 1 we read. The wisest of women builds her house, but folly with her own hands tears it down. So, so that even for, even for women who have their households, the way they build their households is by wisdom. It's not by might. It's not by a particular power that they may have, but it's by wisdom. In Proverbs chapter 16, verse 16, we read, How much better to get wisdom than gold? And that's an, an, an exclamation. How much better to get wisdom? Than to get gold and we could go on and on and on to show that wisdom is better than weapons of war than might so we can be sure that wisdom is indeed better than weapons of war but, but then I would, i'd like for you to think with me for a moment as, as we conclude think with me that wisdom is better than weapons of war and this wisdom is being contrasted to one sinner one sinner who destroys much good. This wisdom is better because God is on its side. God is on this side and there is wisdom and then there is this sinner who is on this side where there is no wisdom. This wisdom is not inherently better. It is better because God is there. Because God is on its side. So that even though it may be despised by men, even though it may go unheard, eventually the preacher is telling us that it is better, and this is because it is not just human wisdom. It's not just earthly wisdom, but this is wisdom from above, wisdom, the wisdom of God. Again, it has God on its side. Listen to the words of James while speaking about wisdom. In James chapter 3, verse 13 to 17, James tells us, Who is wise and understanding among you? By his good conduct, let him show his works in the meekness of wisdom. But if you have bitter jealousy and selfish ambition in your hearts, do not boast and be false to the truth. This is not the wisdom that comes down from above, but is earthly, unspiritual, demonic. For where jealousy and selfish ambition exist, there will be disorder and every vile practice. But the wisdom from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, open to reason, 
full of mercy and good fruits, impartial and sincere. This is, a, this is the wisdom that is from above. The wisdom that is from God. Depending and trusting in God. And this is what makes it better. And so, so then this, this kind of wisdom is better than might. It's, it's, it's better than the shouting of a ruler. It's better than um, the weapons of war. The preacher finishes there by reminding us that even though wisdom is better than the weapons of war, one sinner destroys much good. Now, however much the poor man had wisdom, if there would have been a, f- a fool, just one foolish man who would come in his sinfulness and, and express himself, all the good that would have come out of the wisdom of the poor man would have been destroyed. The preacher is telling us there that one sinner destroys much good. He is reminding us here to avoid carelessness. And even more than carelessness, to stay away from sin. You can hear the words of the Apostle Paul there in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 33. That bad company ruins good morals. You can hear his words in 1 Corinthians 5, chapter 6, chapter 5, verse 6, and Galatians chapter 5, verse 9, that a little leaven leavens the whole lamp. How many ministers does it, does it take to bring shame to the name of Christ? One. Just one. How many church members does it take to cause chaos and division in the church? One. Just one. The Apostle Paul in that passage there in 1 Corinthians chapter 5, when he's commanding the, the purging of the evil brother, when he's asking, do you not know that a little leaven leavens the whole lamp? Argues in the same way. He's saying, this one person is going to destroy everything. So purge him from your midst. Remove him. One sinner is enough to destroy much good. So that whatever wisdom the poor man may have had, if there would have been one foolish person who had come in his sinfulness, he would have destroyed everything. The city would have been taken over. Now, let us bring this to a close by considering all the good that God has done or all the good that God did in his work of creation. And how many sinners did it take to destroy this good and make it impure? Just one. One. One man. That man, Adam. The Bible says that sin came into the world through one man. Romans chapter 5 verse 12. All the creation is groaning because of one sinner. Now as you hear about Adam, I know that the temptation is to throw all the blame to him. But do not be tempted to think that you are exempted from the responsibility of spreading this plague. You are guilty of continuing the course of Adam, advancing his agenda. The Bible reminds us that death spread to all men because all sinned. In that same same passage there in Romans chapter 5 verse 12, death spread to everyone because everyone sinned. All have sinned and continuously so. All fall short of the glory of God. All of us are guilty of despising the wisdom of God. We are guilty of forgetting the wisdom of God. We, we are not the wise whose words are heard in quiet. Please, please. As you listen to this sermon, 
the encouragement for you is to be wise. Why? Because you are not the wise person whose wisdom is, whose, whose words are hard and quiet. We are that ruler who is a fool, who is shouting among fools. We are not the wise who deliver the city by having wisdom that is better than the weapons of war. No, we are the sinner that destroys much good. And it is only when we see it that way that we would go back to God, right? It's only when we, when we think of ourselves as the, the sinner who destroys much good that we go back to God. It's only when we see it that way that we would run to that fountain that is filled with blood. It is only when we see it that way that we would know that apart from Christ, the last Adam, apart from Christ, we can do nothing. It is only when we see it that way that we would be on our way to getting this wisdom that is better than the shouting of a ruler. This wisdom that is better than the weapons of war. And ultimately this wisdom that is better than might. Now, where do we get this wisdom? We get this wisdom from the Lord Jesus Christ. The wisdom of God. The one from whom and through whom and to whom are all things. The one who has come to rescue all of us. If only we would trust in him. Having heard all this, so what? Applications. So what? Number one, fear God. Because the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. One of the major themes of the book of Ecclesiastes is to remind us to fear God. Because when we fear God, we get that wisdom that no one else can give us. When we fear God, we bow, we bow to the greatest, the King of kings, the Lord of lords. And therefore, we go to Christ. We are rescued from eternal damnation. So fear God because the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And then number two, pursue true wisdom by going to Jesus Christ. The way you show that you understand what fearing God is, is you go to Jesus Christ. You pursue true wisdom by going to Jesus Christ. Because the wisdom that is better than might is only found in Him. It's only found in Christ. And that's why then we sing on Christ, the solid rock we stand. He's the rock of ages. Every other ground is sinking sand. Pursue true wisdom by going to Jesus Christ. And then, thirdly, lastly, trust in God and not in whatever might you may perceive you have. Trust in God in all things. Depend upon God with all that you have. If I may put it as a question, that, that third application there, how, how are you trusting God? How are you depending upon God? How is your life showing that God, God is the one with, the, uh, with, with all the wisdom and therefore you are trusting upon Him? 
you're leaning upon his everlasting arms the the arm of, of omnipotence that only he has trust in god trust in god don't trust in anything else don't trust in horses don't trust in chariots don't trust in whatever you may think you may you may think you have trust in god and when you do that you will have wisdom and you will quickly quickly realize that wisdom is better than might please bow with me in prayer Lord, we come to you this evening realizing that we could not do without you. You're the savior of the lost. You're the one whose wisdom is unsearchable. And so, apart from you, we can do nothing. We come to you And, and we plead with you that you may help us to, to fear you, to pursue true wisdom by going to Jesus over and over and over again, to trust you, who is all wise. We pray, Lord, that you may help us Help us to know you and to be known by you. Help us to have this wisdom that is better than might. Help us to be like our Lord who shows us what it means to have the wisdom that is hard and quiet. Please, Lord, Bless us with the things that we are hearing from the preacher. Some of these things are not very easy to grasp. But because it is your Holy Spirit who authored your word, we continue to pray that he may illumine our minds and that he may bless to us these things. Please, Lead us in your paths of righteousness for your name's sake. Hear us now, Lord, because we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.